thinking of starting a podcast? Well, try Anchor. It's free, easy to use, and its creation tools allow you to record and edit directly from your phone or computer. It'll even take care of distribution for you with a single tap so you can be heard on platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. Also, Anchor is the only place you can publish video podcasts directly to Spotify. Man, you can even make money using Anchor in a couple of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. It's truly everything you need in one place to make a podcast. So make sure to go download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Again, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Welcome to an emergency free agency edition of the It's Cavalier podcast. As always, it's your boy Mac. Joining me today is my friend and co-host, Corey Walsh. Corey, how are you feeling on this fine Friday afternoon, my friend? I am relieved, Mac. Yesterday <laughs> was uh, a little scary as most of our our imaginary free agent targets were swooped up by the rest of the league. Jeez Louise, were they? Like, I know that we we both know here that the Cavs weren't working with much to begin with. But to see day one roll by and to see constantly being dropped like Woj bombs and stuff from Shams. Jesus, man, it was just like, when is Cleveland going to make a move? (laughs) And I think we were just all being a little impatient here because day two was probably the more likely a uh, day in which Cleveland was going to make his moves, and they have, and we're going to get into that here in a bit. But um, are you feeling a little bit better just based upon how day two is starting to go? Yeah, I think we all felt as Cavs fans, though, that day one for us isn't going to be that exciting because, like you said, our cap restriction is uh, quite small. <laughs> so we're basically working with the mid-level exception, and then we're going to have to have Colby Altman be the magician again for like the third year in a row and just do some cap magic. And it, uh, he he did it, definitely did his work today. That's for certain. And uh, I would probably be, even after today, I still think, even with the Colin Sexton stuff still in the air, not even referring to that, I think the Cavs still have uh, moves that could definitely shake up this roster. I don't think this is still as set as some people do. I don't either. I mean, I got my eye on some other players. I don't think it's going to come via the free agent market unless it is, um, you know, a guy like Colin Sexton, who is still in restricted free agency, and we could see that play out for a little while longer. Um, you know, who knows how that's going to turn out. That's how these things typically do. They're, they're usually not fast uh, negotiations. And if history has shown us anything with the Cavaliers and Clutch, it's going to take a while. This shit's going to take a while. Um, as much as that hurts. Like, um, in the space the other day, I'm sure you heard it. I'm tired, dude. I'm tired of talking about Colin. I'm, I'm ready for this shit to be over. But I just don't see an end in sight anytime soon. Yeah, no, with these restricted free agency, free agency stuff, it's so tricky because even just think about Lowry last year as an example. I mean, Colin's probably more in demand than Lowry marketing is for sure. But that took pro- – I think it took like a week and a half because that, that dragged for a really long time. And I just think, one, it's clutch, so they're going to just wait until they get the max amount of money that Colin Sexton can have and then put it in front of the Cavs and be like, here you go, unless the Cavs truly step up and do something. But also, I just think it's going to take a while because I think a lot of deals that happened yesterday really put a wrench into the Colin Sexton saga. Most most certainly uh, Anthony Simon's deal, really was like a oh all right <laughs> justin Rowe in front of the pod just goes damn 
Because <laughs> the implication is that that should have, like, that could have reset the market for young guards. And I think it's fair to say that Colin Sexton's a much better player than Anthony Simons is and Lou Dort. Absolutely. Matter. I mean, Jalen Brunson, all these guys that are getting money um, that, that people have pegged for Colin to be not worth. Um, it's, it's tough, man, because on the one hand, you want the guy to get paid. You really want him to get paid for the hard work he's put in. Uh, regardless of how you feel about him, um, he struggled through some of the rosters that uh, Cleveland had in place for his first three seasons. And this was by far the best roster that he had around him this season. And it just sucks. Just sucks, man, that he only got 10 and a half games to really show that he could fit with this new look roster. And um, ultimately, that was just the worst timing in regards to injuries. It kind of reminds me of Isaiah Thomas a little bit. Uh, just because right before the guy is going to cash in, injured. Shit's just so untimely. It's ridiculous. But but for him, you know, the market is what it is right now. You see guys cashing in right now. You see, like I said, Brunson getting paid, Lou Dort getting paid. You saw Afrony Simons get paid, like you said. Um, and these guys did not get small amounts of money. So um, to my knowledge, the only thing I've seen out there is that Dallas might make a push. And I think that would have to be a sign and trade. Don't quote me on that. Uh, but we are far from this being over. Um, and so that's really the, the, the biggest hole here that needs to be filled with all these signings uh, that have been made today. And with that said, why don't we go ahead and get right into it, man? So the big news of the day in Cleveland is the return of one Ricky Rubio. And that, to me, my friend, is something that just... I don't know. It just makes me feel really good. Even though we will not probably see Rubio for a while, at least on the court. Just, I mean, just looking at him here, watching these highlights and just going back and remembering how big of an impact he's had on this roster, especially with Darius Garland, um, Colin Sexton, you know, some of the other young guards just makes me feel good. So we got Ricky back on a three year, $18.4 million deal. And I don't, it's not finalized yet. Right. Well, yeah, no, it's it's not finalized (laughs) in air quotes. So, you know, it could still be stuff could be added into that, right? Like it could be turned into a sign and trade, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think it's more likely that's what it's going to be. I think I think I would expect either the comment, either Windler or Jetty to be uh, moved in that. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, I say that to say that, you know, one of the moves that you, you know, have probably seen out there, you and I both, um, is that it could turn into a sign and trade, which could, that could then include Jetty Osmond and Dylan Windler, which would allow the Cavs to have some sort of the MLE. But I don't even know if that's the case anymore because the Cavs ended up also signing Robin Lopez, who we'll talk about here in a bit, and Howell Neto. So, um, I have truthfully no idea where the cap is at right now, or at least the MLE. I don't even think we've covered the full MLE because they're both like one year Are they minimum. minimum deals. Yeah. Did they release the details yet? Do we have the details? No, the details won't probably be released for like a few. I think for those types of deals, it won't be for a few days. Do you think they're vet minimums? Yeah, I would. I think so. 
100%. Okay. I don't think, uh, but I also don't think Shams and Woj are sweating over the details as a Rudy Gobert colossal trade is going through to be like, guys, wait, what's uh, what's the cap number on these Robin Lopez <laughs> and Alonetto deals? Yeah, it'll come out when it comes out, I suppose. It's only important to me just because I'm trying to figure out who else could be added or what else can be done because DJ if you do Warren. go, yes, exactly. If you go into the, um, if you go into the sign trade route with Jetty and uh, in Windler and Rubio, meaning you get Rubio in back in Cleveland and you're shipping Jetty and Windler to Indiana to get some cap relief um, so that you could get to that MLE, more of it. And so if you're able to do that, you could probably take a swing on a guy like TJ Warren. But due to the fact that the Cavs have already signed three players in free agency, I don't think that's likely. Um, but if you're getting rid of Windler and Jetty, roster spot's open, right? Yeah, I uh, I it has to be like a two for one though, because I I believe if Colin comes back right now, we'd be at sixteen and you mm-hmm. need fifteen people on the roster. So there's got to be some shakeups here that we're just not aware of. I'm uh, sure like, there could be something up. I um yeah, I uh, it's gonna be real tough for me when Dylan Windler gets traded and I have his <laughs> jersey and a financial investment in him. <laughs> so. How many how many times have I told you to get rid of that thing? <laughs> Do you know how hard it is to get rid of a Dylan Windler jersey in this economy? <laughs> <laughs> Burn it. No, I'm just kidding. Um, no, I mean, Dylan Windler represents everything that we wanted in a 3 and D wing, but just hasn't panned out just yet. I still think there's still some latent potential in there if given the opportunity, maybe with another team. But I just don't see Cleveland as that team, man. I, it's going to take like a psychiatrist to get into Dylan Windler's head to let him to shoot at this point. I don't think, I think he has the talent to do it. I'm never questioning the talent. It's just, I think he's so far into his own head that I don't know what type of reclamation project we'd have to do. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know, but let's, <laughs> let's circle back to the big news at hand. Ricky Rubio, as you all are probably watching these highlights, if you're streaming on YouTube or Twitter, uh, just just look at the pick and roll actions, the the sets that he runs here with Jared Allen and Evan Mobley and whatnot. So just clear the command of the offense that he had, especially when DG was off the floor. So you always felt comfortable with Rubio out there, and when they shared the court together, it worked a lot better than I thought it would, man. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see the three guards back with Sexton in the fold because we, in the time that we saw the three of them together, I feel like that's when Sexton struggled the most because his role was drastically different than it was in the prior years. Mm-hmm. So I, I feel like it's going to be more of the same of what we saw in those first like 11 or so games with Sexton where he's going to start the game, then Ricky is going to sub in pretty early. So Sexton's the first one out. And it's going to be more of that if Sexton even comes back. I mean, I, I don't know. I, fe- I feel conf- like pretty sure that Sexton's going to be back on this team. Mm, I but, hope so, man. Jesus, Louise. I hope so. With all these shakeups happening. Jesus. Yeah, it is also fair to note, though, that um, like uh, Rubia won't be back probably until February or something. So, so it's going to definitely – Sexton's going to have his uh, fami- more familiar role back. I doubt they're going to give that more to Karras. I'd much rather have Sexton on ball than Karras at this time. Yeah. Um, do you think that they're like – do you think that there's actually going to be an adjustment when he comes back to what the actual lineup could be? Like do you think he's going to see less time, period? 
No, I think it's going to be more of what we saw in the first 11 games. I think they're still, because, you know, you traded for Karis LeVert. You still want him on the roster. Unless Karis gets moved, I still think he's going to play major minutes for this Cavs team off the bench. I don't think Collins' minutes are going to get that drastically affected. It looks like he's pretty much fully back physically and could like take another jump in my opinion to becoming a more efficient player in all facets, not mm-hmm. just scoring. But I think the players that are at like the outside looking in on this roster are more like Okchai, Dean Wade, Lamar Stevens, Windler, Jetty, Neto, Lopez. I think overall it's just like this team is way more talent than it knows what to do with now. I think we're very deep. This isn't like, I was just thinking earlier today. I'm like, these aren't the signings of like when we signed Damian Dotson and it's like, Oh dear God, I hope this works out. <laughs> but if not, it doesn't matter. Cause we're not really striving towards anything. Now we have quality named veterans that want to come to the team. So it's a drastically different situation that we've ever been in. And yes, Dean Wade and Lamar Stevens are great players to have, mm-hmm. but I have like a really like weird feeling that I feel like one of those two is going to get sent somewhere because we just need cap relief. You think so? I think it's someone's going to have to get moved. I just think three players are out, out the door and it's going to be some combination of Dean Lamar, Jetty and Dylan. I mean, Jetty and Dylan to me are like, yeah, I'm, I'm okay with moving on. And to be honest with you, man, you know how big of a Jetty Osmond fan that I have been uh, at point Jetty. <laughs> <laughs> you love to say that whenever we can. I think you brought him up in the last episode. Yeah, with but, Greg. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I've seen everything that I need to see out of Jetty. I, it's just inconsistent, man. Too inconsistent. He can get you points. He can score. He can be. He can get as hot as hell, but he can also be cold as ice. So, I, I'm okay moving on especially with the salary that he's making right now. And then Dylan, we, you know, we really just talked about him. He is a guy that theoretically he would have worked. I mean, theoretically, I suppose he still could work, but it's all in the head. It's all mental. And I just do not see him ever being able to be the player that the Cavs wanted him to be, at least from the standpoint of going out there and, and taking those three-point shots, which is what you need him to do. We saw stretches of it, you know, earlier on in his career, but I just don't see, you know, him being able to finally put whatever demons it has had to bed in that regard, man. The the craziest part with the um, Ricky Rubio thing for me is that his best partner on the court was Rick, uh, Jetty Osman. I feel like the two of mm-hmm. them really worked well off each other. Jetty had his best stretch yeah, as a Cavalier did. ever with Rubio. So it kind of is interesting to me that we would be likely to move Jetty because I think he'll be very efficient. But like, I guess obviously Okchai could be equally just as efficient as Jetty. But when Jetty's hot, like he's like, he looks like he's one of the best shooters in the league. And we all know that's not necessarily true. But uh, I'm very interested to see what direction Kobe Altman's going to want to take this roster. And I think there's a lot of different avenues if he wants to just get clear up some cap. I mean, we're, we're always working with the crunching the numbers right now, but who knows what Kobe's got up his sleeve because he's only really spent quote unquote big money for Ricky Rubio. And it wasn't even that big of a deal. It was like 6 million a year, 6 million a year to me. That's a, that's a, a, not a low ball offer, but it's a 
budget deal for Rubio from, you know, if he never would have got injured, he probably would be signing for way more than that. So probably like a three year 30 versus a three year 18. Yeah. I think there's certainly the case that can be made for him taking a deal way higher than what we got him on. So I'm not saying the ACL tear was a good thing, but at the same time, it allows you to keep him uh, in town for a little bit longer past this, you know, just this one season, because I just as easily could have seen Ricky taking a one year deal to come back. Yeah, that's what I was kind of in the mindset. I thought that it was going to be like a one or two year, like one plus one. And when I saw it was three, I was kind of surprised. I was ecstatic, obviously. I like the I don't get how there's Cavs fans out there that have a real issue with the deal that we offered. It's like in in reality, it's such a low risk. The hell were you expected? Like, seriously, it's like this was a great deal just for numbers. Like if you're going to complain about this, but then be like, Jetty's fine with his like eight mil a year that we've been paying him the past four years. I would much rather take this Ricky Rubio contract than this Jetty Osmond contract that we have right now. I get why the Cavs did it at the time. We sucked honestly. And he was one of our quote unquote young pieces. And uh, you know, he moves merch because everyone loves the Jetty. But at the same time, like I, I can't find any faults with this, uh, Ricky Rubio deal whatsoever. So Cavs fans who are a little concerned, uh, take a look at the other deals that are going around, like the Gary Harris one, as an example. And Mark, how the Bagley. hell does Kevin Knox keep getting deals? How? <laughs> because did you not see that summer league he had like three years ago? <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> the hell does this guy keep getting uh, contracts? I do not know. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe he's a good, uh, good scout team player who knows Dude, any t- any chance that people can use quote-unquote untapped potential for a young guy it justifies a contract i can't understand how detroit paid marvin bagley that much money but you know also detroit basically has said yeah we don't want deandre and so we need to fill our cap somehow hey marvin you were really good in 18 games last year here's 37 million thanks yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't know. We're not GMs. I'm just saying that uh, we're two K GMs, Mac. Yeah, I don't. I I don't get it. I don't understand it. All I know is that Cleveland was able to get Ricky back, and that makes me feel good, especially with not having Colin back on the roster, and we got him for relatively cheap. But we can go ahead and move on here, man. The Cavs added two additional players. One being Robin Lopez, which to me screams uh, depth signing. And we know we've been talking about the need for a backup five. And I think if you got him on the vet minimum, as we were saying before, we don't quite know what his contract looks like. Uh, but we do know that he is a guy who can come in and give you something. Um, as you can see here, <laughs> he's got some very weird motions to him, man. Like, look at that. Um um, just joking around on Twitter earlier, I saw somebody said that they are, I think it was Braden Todd, Braden Todd, <laughs> uh, I got to bring him up as he only wants to see, uh, Evan Mobley pull this kind of stunts, yeah. <laughs> but depth signing, um, sure. The Cavs could have went for, you know, some of the better options in my opinion in a Hassan white side, who's terrific value. I discussed him a lot in my, uh, latest article and some content on here, or a guy like Dwight Howard who has championship experience, or even a Bismack Biombo. Uh, but I do like this signing because one, you don't have to worry about locker room fit. You don't have to worry about potential role. You know, like is this guy going to take minutes away from Evan Mobley and Jared Allen? No, he's just a situational big, a guy that you can roll out there. 
they can give you some time at that backup five because the Caps just didn't have too many big bodies. And um, let me ask you this, man. Do you think the Caps would have been better off bringing back Moses Brown? No, I think it's better to have a more solidified big man, more consistent. I mean, Moses was a big man, but his defense was rough. Atrocious. Yeah, uh, I think I see where you're coming from with the uh, Dwight Howard, Bismack Biombo, and uh, that type of center. But I think with the in in when it pertains to Robin Lopez, but with this position that you couldn't really, it's a tough sell for one of those centers because they've played backup minutes at least slash started in certain spots for championship caliber teams. And when you're uh, a free agent coming into the Cavs, like your pitch is basically, Hey, uh, Jared and Evan are going to pretty much play most of the five. Kevin might play some five. Also, uh, we're basically only going to need you if one of those three gets hurt. And you saw what Ed Davis did last year. Yeah. That's pretty much what you're going to do. So just hope you're a good guy, good vibes, but also when your name's called, we need you to just do pretty much the bare minimum to get us to get by. Because as long as one of those other two bigs is on the floor, you'll be pretty pretty solid overall. You'll have good backups defensively. Uh, I don't think Dwight Howard, Bismack Biombo, JaVale McGee necessarily wanted those types of roles. I think they're more egocentric type players. I think they value themselves very highly. Uh, from what I understand, Robin Lopez pretty much – seems like a guy who just is happy to be there. And I think he'll be a really good culture fit with the team. And I think when, and, or if the situation comes up where one of the two bigs has to like miss a game or two, I wouldn't be that concerned. I think it's like, I feel the same as I felt with Ed Davis. Yeah. Um, I mean, perfect role, uh, you know, as a veteran to bring in veteran presence guy, who can come in and joke around as he has well noted <laughs> issues. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> with mascots. Uh, so I think, uh, was it Sham? Somebody, I don't know. Somebody tweeted out that Moondog has requested a trade. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, just a good addition, a good locker room fit, guy who can bring some joy to the Cavs. And, um, I, I couldn't be happier with the signing considered what the Cavs have to work with in regards to the MLE. Um, time will tell. Uh, what the cap numbers are, what the contract numbers are, rather, of that deal. Uh, but uh, the Cavs also added Howell Neto, <laughs> uh, another guy who we talked about recently, I feel like, another guy I've certainly written about, but um, not quite Ricky Rubio. But we know that Ricky is going to miss pretty much half the season, right? <laughs> yeah. So Howell can come in and give you, you know, at least some minutes at the backup point, give you some type of proven production out there. He did average a career high 3.1 assists uh, in his uh, 19.6 minutes, I believe per game. So pretty decent production. Um, Not quite, again, not quite Ricky Rubio. That's about half the assist numbers that Rubio gave us last year, but a good addition to say the less dude, how do you think they sold how Neto on this role? Because I'm, there's got to be something in, you know, they had to come to him pretty transparently saying, hey, we, uh, and I'm sure he saw the news too. We just signed Ricky. We plan to have Ricky back on the court. So can you give us some time? Can you get out, uh, get out on the court until he comes back? That had to have been a tough sell, don't you think? Yeah, I think it may, maybe this is just uh, my. You didn't uh, have any other options. Is- 
No, I think maybe he views the Cavs as like his best opportunity to kind of show that he can be that backup level guard for another team. So maybe we sign him like a midseason flip. Yeah. And then at the deadline, we, we trade him to someone else to give him another opportunity, knowing that Ricky's going to come back because I also am confused kind of with the backup guard in the sense that I feel like Colin and Levert can kind of cover for Ricky in the meantime. I think, you know, we don't have Rondo anymore, so that's a lot more minutes for guards. I think Okoro maybe could get some more opportunities kind of just being uh, a facilitator for this team because he does have good passing chops. It's just that I don't think he gets a lot of the reps to do so. But at the same time, uh, I think Helneto will be a decent fit for right now. I'm interested to see how JB kind of configures these rotations. I would assume that I don't think Howell is going to do what Ricky did and be like the first sub in off the bench. I think that would be probably be Karis. I'd be pretty certain of, or Isaac. Uh, I don't, I, I'm interested to know how these minutes are really going to kind of shake up because Howell is a very solid player. And I think that is to the extent of what I will say about Howell. That's oh, I don't think he's a needle mover yeah. for this team in the slightest. <laughs> No offense to Carter, who's been uh, claim, who's been pretty uh, avid fan, right? <laughs> manifesting this for years, as he says. <laughs> but uh, I, I could see why he's excited. It's a very fundamentally sound player, and I think the Cavs just basically got great value version of Ricky Rubio. <laughs> Not great value, the Walmart brand Rubio. <laughs> Isn't great uh, value the Walmart brand? I thought yes. it was. Yes. Yeah, I think great. Oh, you, yeah, I think that's what I said. But um, <laughs> but yeah, as you see here, how Neto can give you something here coming off screens, running a little bit of pick and roll action, which is, on you know, a, a must for all guards in Cleveland. You have to be able to run that if you're going to orchestrate here and initiate. Um, Look at the history of this Brooklyn Nets team that we get to watch on screen. We'll never see that team again. <laughs> not so super team, right? They're not a super team anymore. KD requested the trade. I'm not even going to get into all that because you've just seen some madness. Like, I think KD I tweeted out earlier. Um, every offseason, I'm like, man, this shit is just crazy. And then the next offseason is even crazier. Like, I did not think we would see this much movement uh, in free agency. I didn't think we'd see a DeJounte Murray trade, nor did I think that Rudy Gobert would end up where he is now in Minnesota. Yeah, I like uh, that. That's very interesting to me. I, it's like another market setter with the KD trade market because if Rudy Gobert is worth that many unprotected firsts, God knows what Kevin Durant's worth because Rudy is a very good defensive player and he's a good pick and roll option. But outside of that, I, I think he's in a great fit with the the, the Timberwolves though because Carl Anthony Towns yeah. is obviously their offensive hub at center in a way and then anthony edwards could surpass as the number one option and then rudy doesn't have to do as much offensively as i feel like utah didn't really Twin use Towers him for there, man <laughs> yeah i wonder where they got that idea from that's weird exactly following the cla- uh, the Cavs' blueprint to success here uh, hopefully yeah. mobley is a more complete player than towns is though <laughs> and it hopefully he'll experience more career success <laughs> I mean, did you see that playoff win that they are playing win? Yeah, that they had. Uh, that was uh, the championship in Minnesota. I haven't seen Evan Mobley do that yet. So, hey, Har- Har- yardstick measurements for Evan we're not, Mobley's they, career. We're not even going to be in playing territory next year, and you can mark that. You can mark that down. Um, I feel pretty confident. No lie about the, uh, the Cavs' chances. Although the NBA, um, the East in general, really just the NBA in general, has gotten a lot tougher. Um, a lot more talent. Uh, being distributed 
across the entire league for both conferences. Uh, the, that Murray trade really, to me, does make Atlanta better. Um, I don't know what the fit is going to look like initially with uh, two ball-dominant guards, and, but, I mean, we're, we've had the same complaints here in say. Cleveland with, <laughs> with Colin Sexton <laughs> and Darius Garland, so I don't want to be hypocritical. Um, I'll just say this. Are better, so. I think that Cleveland has a very solid roster, um, Colin Sexton notwithstanding. I'm hoping that that all plays out in the right way. Uh, in my opinion, that right way is to get the guy under contract. I mean, this rebuild started with him, right? So only fair, in my opinion, that you bring the guy back if you can, because you got to let you, – you have to pay it right, pay it back, pay it back. He had to slum it out with, uh, with the roster <laughs> that we had. And I don't want to sell anybody short here, but, I mean, if anybody deserves success here, it, uh, to me it's Colin because he's he's been through a lot and – um, I just I hope they're able to get something done, man. I really don't like the shade you just threw at the Zizich Blossom game. <laughs> uh, don't forget uh, Jordan Clarkson, everybody else uh, that went through the doors here in that 2018-19 season. Uh, Jesus, please. John Henson. Uh, man, Brandon Knight. Brandon Knight. Rodney so Hood. J.R. Smith for a hot minute. <laughs> so many players went through the doors during that 2018-19 season, it's not even funny. But where we appear to be far, you know, very far away from that. We have separated ourselves from that type of seasonal outlook, and it just feels damn good not to have to have big conversations about free agency. Knowing you're only just a few moves away really should make all Cavs fans feel good. I feel overall, going back to the playoff picture for the Cavs, um, despite the moves made by the Knicks and the Hawks, I would still take this iteration of the Cavs team over both. Cause I think what's like being put under the radar is that the Nick, uh, while the Hawks added DeJounte Murray, they also got rid of like multiple players that were very important overall. Now they're kind of relying on their younger players that are a little more unproven to take that next step. It seems like Herder or no Hunter seems like DeAndre Hunter is kind of like who they're looking at as like their third best player. Cause Collins is probably going to get traded also. And I don't necessarily know what John Collins trademark is going to look like. Bring him to Cleveland, <laughs> bring him to Cleveland, run yet another big. Yeah. We'll trade Lori straight up for John Collins. <laughs> <laughs> um, just kidding. But yeah, man, I think you're, you're on the right track there with your line of thought. I'm pretty much exactly there. I think that Cleveland um, although everybody else seemed to have gotten a little bit better, including the Toronto Raptors, um, Cleveland also, as long as they can get Colin back, I will feel ecstatic about this offseason. And it's not like we've made any crazy moves. You just got Ricky back. You added veteran depth at both the point and center positions. Um, if you can get Colin back, everything feels good. The only other thing that I would say that maybe try and target is a LeBron more James. of a scoring option at the small forward position. Yeah. TJ Warren comes to mind. I really was hoping that we'd somehow be in the auto Porter race, but unfortunately uh, that passed. So now the options really just feel like TJ Warren. And if not, I don't really feel like I want to take a swing on someone else. I, if it I mean, ain't TJ Warren. Yeah. Just, just don't do it. Like just roll into the season with what you have. Yeah. And I think even with TJ Warren, now it's tricky. But if there's somehow a sign and trade potential with Rubio and Warren for like three players, I could be into that. 
Absolutely. I'm absolutely there. Like we said before, I've seen everything I need to see out of Jetty. I've seen everything I need to see out of Dylan. If you can get in and even if even if Jetty was a pretty like in pretty consistent player, you can still make a case that TJ Warren at when healthy is still a superior player. Yeah. Um, I mean, his last season in the bubble, I think in those 10 games, wasn't it 26 and uh, 26.6 points, six rebounds, something like that, and two assists. Uh, those yeah. <laughs> stats may not be exact. I did content on him. Can't remember what the exact stat line was, but um, he he was excellent in the bubble. And um, and even in the season prior to entering the bubble, his last full season with Indiana, he put up pretty good totals. And so he's done, from an offensive standpoint at least, far superior to Jetty Osmond or Dylan Willard. Probably better than both combined. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> I, uh, it's just so weird. I think now that we have, I, I the Howell Neto signing at the end of the day kind of floored me in a way. I thought we were kind of done for Robin Lopez and then like a wait and see with Colin Sexton because something that also to keep in mind is whatever Colin Sexton does, I think it's just going to be a sign and trade. So I'd be interested to see what the Cavs like could even fetch in return for Colin Sexton. Because the sign and trade market seems like it's a lot more even these days than it used to be. It used to be like when you would acquire a player, it'd be like, all right, here's a second and like some player that we don't even want. And now you're seeing deals where like quality role players are being included in sign and trades. I mean, the Warriors, when they uh, got, when they, when they, uh, when Durant left, got D'Angelo Russell in return, in which they turned into Wiggins and the pick that turned into Kaminga. So, and the, more recently, the uh, Lori Markinen trade netted Larry Nance. So good players come in return typically. So while it would be very devastating for Colin Sexton to leave, I think no matter what, the Cavs should get at least a serviceable player that could impact them down the road. Because at the end of the day, I think the Cavs will be like a very good team with or without Colin Sexton on this roster. I think they will be too, but I'm not going to lie. It would sadden me because from, from what you've just said, it kind of seems like you are trying to just ready yourself for the ideal that Colin may not be coming back. Um, and I don't know if that's the case. Um, I certainly hope it's not, but if they are able to turn that into a sign and trade, at least we know we'd possibly be getting something back. So um, let's take solace in that. And we know that we just got Ochak Baji and, he could possibly fill in at the two or cares any number of options. Uh, Isaac still. Um, but at the end of the day, I mean, this Cavs team is starting to look very good. Kobe has filled it a very good roster. Um, you know, some of these free agent additions have definitely made up for the second round. Uh, <laughs> that was kind of lackluster in my opinion, but um just goes just goes to show i mean the guy's always cooking there's always something and i'm sure they're not done like you said and with that being the case guys uh like we always tell you if you'd like to reach us out to us you can at it's cavalier underscore pod on twitter tiktok instagram youtube and more if you'd like to be added to the exclusive it's cavalier discord chat you know what to do leave a rating leave a review and send said review via screenshot to it's cavalier 53 at gmail.com and we will personally invite you have a good day